Welcome, listeners. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'm your host, Robert, and we got a great show for you tonight. Yep, we have a real special guest tonight. In the meantime, for all you guys out there, we're going to do a contest, I think, uh, almost every show now. And I'm going to ask, like, a, I'm going to have, like, a little quiz. And uh, I'm going to ask a question. And uh, you guys can email me back at golfstreamradio.com. That's golfstreamradio. Oh, excuse me. Golfstreamradio at gmail.com. Golfstreamradio at gmail.com. Uh, for those that don't have a access to a computer, um, I guess you could call into the radio station, which would be 441-3000. Um, we don't normally take in call-ins, but you can go ahead and leave the answer in your name. And uh, Lee, how you doing, Lee? I'm doing well, Robert. Uh, Lee will take your name and number, and uh, you can win some tickets. Now, this is what we have this week. We have tickets to the Fantasy of Flight show this weekend. They have the Roar and Soar. Now, that's what's really that's a real cool show because what they're go- what they've got going on, and that's in uh, as Kermit Week calls it, Orlampa. So that's halfway between Tampa and Orlando. It's actually Plant City, I guess. It's right off I four. It's where the big plane's always stuck in the ground. Looks like it's you know kind of landed there. And uh, we've got uh, we've got two free tickets. Now that's a super value because those tickets are I think like twenty five, twenty six bucks a piece. So if somebody can answer the questions, I got a pair of tickets for the Roar and Soar weekend at Fantasy of Flight. Now the cool thing is, is they got a big plane show, they got a boat show. Vintage boats are going to be there. Vintage wooden boats will be out there running around in the lake, and of course the air show. And they got a great museum, and there's food and drink and all kinds of good stuff. So. Uh, I, in a few seconds, I will announce the, or I will tell you what the question is, and then you can email me the answer. Again, that's golfstreamradio at gmail.com. Okay. And the phone number is area code 727-441-3000. Okay. Also tonight, it's open mic night at Naughty Nancy's open mic night. So if you got, if you play a ukulele, a harmonica, a guitar, Lee, you play guitar, right? You'll be over there. From time to time. Yes. Yeah, okay. And you're, you're very good at it. And uh, and or tambourines, whatever you can show up at Naughty Nancy's. That's over here, right behind the studio off Eldridge Street, which is 700 Eldridge Street, which is right off Myrtle, which is a uh, what are we a quarter mile north of Drew Street, uh, right on the trail. So that's 700 Eldridge Street. It's right off Myrtle Avenue, just north of Drew Street, a quarter of a mile. Okay, and let's see what else we got. Uh, oh, the question, the question. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Now, if there's anybody out there, because we're broadcasting uh, Arkansas too, right, Lee? So if there's somebody in the four counties here, that would be Pasco County, Pinellas County, Hillsborough County, and Manatee County, and anywhere else on the planet that's got access to a computer, and Arkansas, if you guys know the answer to this question, what year and month and date, as close as you can get, was the first Indy 500 race? The first year, okay, that Indianapolis had a race, okay, that, and I'll just give you a hint. It's the turn of the century, towards the turn of the century, a little past the turn of the century, Okay, the first rate in Indianapolis, what was the year, what was the date, and the date being the month and the day. Get as close as you can. I know the answer, or pretty close to it. So if you guys know the answer to that, send us an email at golfstreamradio at gmail.com, golfstreamradio at gmail.com, or call the radio station uh, 727-441-3000. Okay? Hey, Lee, we got that uh, that uh, funny little uh, phonograph working? Yeah, we do. I'm... Um Trying to figure out what 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 this needle thing is. There's oh, okay. a needle on it. Oh, by the way, one more thing for you guys, you listeners out there on this question. I I can't see you, and since we kind of go on the honor system, yeah, it's open book slash open computer. So 
Uh, having said that, yeah, if gen- you can't find this on Google, then you're a, you're a <laughs> gentleman. You're start, a DA, right? You're a DA, yeah. Gentlemen, start your engines. Listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about Naughty Nancy. No, this isn't a story about a bad girl. This is a truth about a great place to eat and hang out. Naughty Nancy's Food Shack, located at 700 Eldridge Street in the downtown Clearwater area, is a quaint little place nestled under some huge oak trees serving great food and drink and a wonderful, friendly atmosphere. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. They have 10 daily specials as well as many different styles of cooking from Cajun, New England, Country Gourmet, and even Short Order, prepared just the way you want it. So check out this groovy little dew drop in right on the trail. So jog up to her front door, ride up on your bicycle, drive up in your car, or pull up on your motorcycle. And visit my friend Nancy and place your order. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. Hey, mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you might get a free drink. Hey, listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great pizza shop right here in downtown Clearwater. 
Bro's Pizzeria, voted number one in the city of Clearwater. They're located at 547 South Fort Harrison Avenue. They have great New York-style pizza, as well as delicious lasagna, spaghetti and meatballs, manicotti, linguine. And if you're in the neighborhood for lunch, they have great hot and cold sandwiches and appetizers. So call 727-441-6025 for takeout and deliveries, or stop by for a veal parmesan dinner and a nice glass of vino. That's Bro's Pizzeria. Check out their website and watch my friend Olti create a spectacular pizza before your very eyes. What would you like on your pizza? Call Bro's Pizzeria, 727-441-6025. That's 727-441-6025. And tell them Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Got a tight show tonight, so all right. Hey, you're back, or you're back. I'm back, aren't we, Lee? I'm back on the air. So yeah, hey, you're t- <laughs> so they heard some of the Uh-oh. some of the some of the behind the scenes oh, chat. Behind, oh, 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 yeah. oh. At any rate, hey, this is Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, you are tuned in, and my name's Robert. And the question for the contest win tonight is: I want to know the year and the date of the first Indy race, the Indy 500 race. The year and the date. We all know where it's at. It was in Indianapolis, obviously. And your date and month. So get as close as you can. Email us here at golfstreamradio at gmail.com, golfstreamradio at gmail.com, or just call us here at the radio station, 727-441-3000. Okay, let me get on the list here of the goodies that are coming up. First thing is, this weekend, 13th, we've got the Irish Rover Pub. Okay, that's the thing in Sarasota. That's that Brian Johnson benefit. And the guy you want to call down there is Paul Duffy, and the phone number is 941-926-1060, 941-926-1060. And uh, that's a benefit concert. If you ever want to see Brian Johnson live uh, with his support band, that's down there. That's Brian Johnson of ACDC, my friends, okay, who's a big-time vintage race car guy and obviously well-known as the lead singer for ACDC. So that's this uh, Saturday. starts at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So it's the Irish Rover Pub. In Sarasota. Also, we got on the 13th, we also have the Bully Brigade. And uh, I had my good friend Mike Mark Probanik from uh, Jacksonville who heads up that. That's uh, a big VW bus thing. And uh, it is going to be held at Fort DeSoto this year. And uh, all the benefits um, to that go to the Surf Rider Foundation. That's for all you guys that are really big into surfing. That's an organization that started in California. It's a big surf thing. You know, helps clean up the beaches, uh, surf environment, uh, surf inf- information, all kinds of cool stuff. You know, anything surf related. So that's at Fort DeSoto. That is the Bully Brigade in St. Pete. Well, that's actually at Fort DeSoto. It's this Saturday. Starts at 2 p.m. Uh, actually, it starts in the morning, so uh, that ought to be a good show. Then, of course, I mentioned uh, the Roaring Soar at uh, Fantasy of Flight. That's in uh, uh, Plant City. That's uh, Fantasy of Flight. It's got the Roaring Soar flying weekend, so that's cars, boats, and airplanes. Be sure and check that out. Also, on the 14th, that's Sunday, we got Bug Jam for all you guys that are really big into Volkswagens. Now, the Bullet Brigade is all Volkswagen buses, and, of course, there'll be some bug stuff and music and swap meets, and there's usually a couple hundred cars that show up there, a couple hundred buses, so that's cool. And then Bug Jam, of course, which I said, is in Dade City. Uh, one of our uh, sponsors, uh, Reeves Volkswagen, will be there with uh, their new Jetta, the 2011 Jetta, the really cool car. So I'm sure you've seen the commercials on TV, and we did a little thing on it. Uh, also on the 14th is the Yacht Club, St. Petersburg Yacht Club Car Show. That's a spectacular, high-end, beautiful car show, and that's down at the uh, Straub Park in St. Pete. Okay, right around the corner, and they got Rib Fests going on, too. Zephyr Hills is also this weekend. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Zephyr Hills Car Show and Swap Meet. And they might have some video rages. I'm not sure over there what else is going on. Uh, also, on the 19th, we've got Moultrie, Georgia. Big deal. Uh, and then on November 20th in Orlando at the Orlando Motorsports Center is Knights of Fire. And if you guys recall, we had Paul Kelly on here who drives one of those jet uh, trains. 
Paul Kelly and Casey Jones will be there lighting up the track for miles with their uh, jet choo-choo trains. Okay, so check that out. That's Knights of Fire at Orlando Motorsports or Super Sports. What is it called? It's Team Steam is the deal. And it's uh, Speed World Dragway in Orlando, Florida. Okay, uh, let's see what else we got run. Oh, yeah, Turkey Rod Run is uh, the 25th and 28th. That's uh, Daytona. Uh, oh, yeah, November 21st, we got St. Armand Circle, Shelby Mustang Show, St. Armand Circle in Sarasota. It's a great show. Uh, another big thing that's coming up is December 3rd through the 5th, Sebring, Vintage Car Races, uh, Bobby Rahal and Friends. That's Legends of Motorsports. That's at Sebring, December 3rd through the 5th. The big PRI show in Orlando, that's Performance Racing Engineering uh, or Industries. Uh, for all you gearheads out there, that's state-of-the-art racing stuff. That's December 9th through the 11th, PRI. That's in Orlando. And December 11th is Porsches in the Park at St. Armand's Circle also. So uh, that's what we got going on. How are we doing early? Boy, I'm buzzing through this thing here. Okay. Yeah, that uh, was quick. Um, hey, well, by call? the way, we, yeah, we got uh, Rob on uh, line one wants to take a shot at the trivia question. Oh, Rob does? Okay, real quick. Go ahead, Rob. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Pretty good. 1909. Uh, what month? Um, May. Nope. That's the that's when it came later, but you're close. Keep going. Um, Actually, you know what they did? Uh, pardon me. No, um, there was two races. If you want to go, you're close. You're real close. Uh, August. He's, he's August. Uh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Okay. After three good. tries. Actually, what happened is they had two races that year. The first one they didn't. They did a rush, rush, try to get the track open. They had some. Uh, they had some. They had a couple of incidents there. There were some fatalities. The track wasn't quite ready. The safety features, the guardrails, bleachers, all that stuff wasn't. They weren't intact yet. And so the track didn't go over very, the race didn't go over, go over very well the first time. And then they did it again in December. And then December, by then, they had the guardrails in place. They had safety uh, um, features in place, you know, so cars wouldn't fly off the track and hit people in the bleachers. They had more bleachers and they had a bigger safety crew and stuff like that. Okay. You are our winner for this evening then. Okay. And Sounds uh, great. Uh, do, you, do you listen to the show very often? Uh, yeah, quite a bit. Good, good. Tell your friends. Be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Uh, you know, it's live radio, so anything's possible. I want to thank you for calling in, and congratulations. You won the two tickets. Now, what I need you to do is when I get you off the air with Lee, because Fantasy of Flight wants to email you, uh, or I ha- we have to send them an- your email address, and then they will correspond with you, and then they will send you tickets for this. I believe it's this weekend. So uh, leave your name, your number, your email address. And then okay, uh, I don't I don't have email address right right now. I'd have to go to the library. I don't have a computer. All right, well, just your name and your address, and then uh, and that's all I need. Then I'll forward that on to them to uh, Mary Dietrich at uh, Fantasy of Light, and uh, you will have a good time there. Okay, sounds great. All right, thank you for calling and thank you for listening and tell your friends and keep tuning in. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's go to our next song real quick, and then uh, let's get our caller on the line because I want to get our guest on here. I'm really excited about this guy. Okay, you have to uh, keep talking here. Keep talking? Okay, I'm going to keep talking. Okay, hey, don't forget a couple of, play kind of low so I can mention a couple things real quick. I want to also remind you guys about our, one of our charities that we like. It's Close to Kids. Um, That's a real good local charity here. It's uh, clothes that uh, kids get twice a year, a week's worth of closing for basically people that are in dire straits right at the moment or really need help. So call our friends, Patty and uh, everybody and Paula at Close to Kids. The Clearwater number is 441-5050, 441-5050 in St. Pete. That's 327-7100. 327-7100. 
327-7100. And I want to say thanks to my buddy Doug at the sign shop for making the meatballs for the TR6 that I had at the car show. Uh, Doug's number is 727-278-9659. That's the sign shop. Hey, Doug, just want to let you know if you're listening, somebody swiped one of the meatballs off the back of my car at the Home Depot car show. So, Kenny, thanks for uh, helping us out at the, at the car show. But uh, I know you didn't have any control over that. But that was a really cool car show at the Home Depot this weekend in Largo. And then thanks to Mark and John for the uh, for at uh, Cop Cars Online. They had a big car show also Saturday, uh, and they opened their police car museum. They were giving fire truck rides. They had concessions there. It was a great show. So um, those shows will be all, both be coming up next year, uh, once or twice a year, and stay posted. I will talk about those shows and let everybody know. You get that song queued up? Yes, I do. In all fact, right. uh, this is autobiographical. Is it really? For me, yeah. Is Did it? you know that? No. Yeah, because you know, you know what... Uh, you know what? Uh, this is the Hot Rod Lincoln song, right? Yeah, you know what my pappy told me? What'd your pappy tell you? My pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that Hot Rod Lincoln. Have you heard the story of the Hot Rod race with the Fords and Lincolns was setting the pace? That story is true, I'm here to say I was driving that Model A. It's got a Lincoln motor and it's really souped up. That Model A body makes it look like a pup. It's got eight cylinders and uses them all. It's got overdrive, just won't stall. With a four-barrel carb and a dual exhaust, with four living gears, you can really get lost. Got safety tubes, but I ain't scared. The brakes are good, tires fair. Pulled out of San Pedro late one night. The moon and the stars were shining bright. We was driving up great fine hill, passing cars like they was standing still. Suddenly, in the wink of an eye, a Cadillac sedan passed us by. Said, boys, it's a mark for me. By then, the taillight was all you could see. Now the fellas ripped me for being behind, so I thought I'd make the Lincoln unwind. Took my foot off the gas, and man alive, I shoved it on down into overdrive. Wound it up to 110, my speedometer said that I hit top end. My foot was blue, like lead to the floor. That's all there is, and there ain't no more. Now the boys all thought lost my sense And telephone poles looked like a picket fence They said slow down, I see spots The lines on the road just looked like dots Took a corner, sideswiped a truck Crossed my fingers just for luck My fenders was clicking the guardrail post The guy beside me was white as a ghost Smoke was coming from out of the back When I started to gain on that Cadillac Knew it could catch him, I thought it could pass Don't you know by then we'd be low on gas We had flames coming from out of the side Feel the tension, man, what a ride I said, look out boys, I got a license to fly And that caddy pulled over and let us by Now all of a sudden she started knocking down And the dip she started to rock And I looked in the mirror, red light was blinking The cops was after my hot rod Lincoln They arrested me and they put me in jail and they called my pappy to throw my bail. And he said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod, Lincoln. Hey, listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork. 
or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radiant Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great place to eat right on the main part of Clearwater Beach. Located at 333 South Gulfview Boulevard. Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill has two floors of food, drink, and fun. They have daily specials, happy hour, and nightly entertainment. Their menu caters to seafood lovers as well as land lovers. Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill, 727-608-2065. They're open in the morning for breakfast until 1 a.m. So stop by and visit my friends, Turtle, Eddie, and Polly, and all the girls and staff at Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill. That's 727-608-2065. Mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you never know, you might get a free drink. That's Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill on Clearwater Beach, 727-608-2065. Okay, you're tuned back into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and we just had a winner. Rob, I want to congratulate you for uh, guessing the correct answer to our question tonight, which was what was the first race at Indy, the year, the date, and you were pretty close, pretty close, close enough to win. Uh, Rob, if you would, call back in because we didn't get your phone number. I got your address and everything like that, but I do need your phone number. So if you would call back in, please uh, just give Lee your phone number. And uh, now it's time to just about welcome our special guest for the evening. Now, the guy that I got... Calling in. For one, I played the song for him because he, he requested. He likes music, too, obviously, like a lot of our listeners and our guests. And he, uh, we played uh, Hot Rod Lincoln for him. And he, uh, he, uh, the reason we had the indie question tonight is because he is uh, from, from Indianapolis. And uh, a lot of you guys will probably recognize the name, uh, probably recognize this gentleman because he's uh, well-known. He's been around for a long time in TV. Uh, serious car guy. And uh, his name is Dave Bowman, and Dave used to be, or still is, the star of Shatru Mechanic and uh, Garage. Let's see, what was that thing here? Yeah, I lost my notes. Oh, the new one is the Motorhead Garage. So, Dave, without further ado, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Dave, are you there? I sure am, Robert, and good to, good to be with you this evening. How am I doing so far? Because you're a professional at this, and I'm just kind of a neophyte. Uh, you're doing fine. Am I doing fine? Okay. Yeah, you're doing great. Okay. Uh, are you listening on the radio, or are you watching the computer? Uh, well, neither one. Neither one. Oh, okay. Well, that way. Oh, you're out of out of range probably right now. Yeah. Right? I gotcha. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, for our listeners, uh, this is uh, Dave Bowman, and uh, you've got uh, you've you've been around in the TV business and the car business for a long time. And yeah, quite a few years now. Uh, I guess no, I've been doing TV for over oh boy, over twenty uh, twenty five years. I guess. Okay. What was your first show? Well, the first show I ever did uh, on television I ever hosted was a show called Hidden Heroes of Racing on uh, the Nashville Network. And that was an interesting show in that, uh, well, first of all, uh, the, this was back in about 1985 when we started that. And it was a show that uh, dealt with racing, but racing just wasn't on television. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much ignored by TV except for 
maybe Daytona or Indy, and that was about it, or every once in a while a race, but, um, you know, that was pretty much ignored. But uh, we did this show uh, where we took the viewer behind the scenes for a race team for a weekend, and whatever happened, happened. You know, uh, if they won, that was great, although most of the time they didn't win on a given weekend. It was rare that we ever got a winner. But uh, but you got to see the struggle of a team behind the scenes and learn who they are and and uh, experience uh, what it's like to be on a race team, uh, a professional race team. And, and of course, nowadays, uh, with the way television is and all the different racing shows on there, uh, gosh, uh, crew members now, many of them are as famous or more famous than some of the drivers that they work with. So. But it was, a, it was kind of a breakthrough show and a very popular show for about five years on TNN. Now, was this? Uh, did you do strictly NASCAR, or did you do sprint cars? Or we it? did everything. If you could race it, we did it. Oh, okay. And uh, we did uh, quite a few NASCAR guys. We did Richard Petty, uh, uh, boy, David Pearson, uh, the Wood Brothers, uh, uh, Bill Elliott. Uh, you know, the list kind of goes on and on and on. And in Indy Cars, where we did um, uh, Roger Penske's team, we did the Patrick Racing team with Emerson Fittipaldi, and uh, I think Kevin Cogan was running for him at that time. And, and uh, we did uh, a show with um, Mario Andretti, and, and uh, when he was driving. And uh, one of my really favorite teams that we did was uh, the. Uh, leader card team with A.J. Watson, who is the crew chief. And if you're an IndyCar buff, uh, the name of A.J. Watson should ring a bell because he was really legendary, and he was a hero of mine when I was a kid growing up. I thought uh, Roger Ward and A.J. Watson and uh, and Wilkie were, I thought that was just a neat deal. And as I got older and then I got into racing, I actually got to meet A.J. and got to know him, and he's a friend. And now and uh, but when i did the show you know sometimes when you find out a lot about your hero you they may not be as big a hero as what you thought they would be well just the opposite with watson he was uh, even a bigger hero just an incredible individual and, and it's been an honor to know him let me ask you a question since you're kind of like behind the scenes was there a lot of things a lot of trick stuff a lot of secret stuff that these teams didn't want you to see or you they you weren't privy to they want you exposed to it or were you just pretty much uh, had carte blanche and could go anywhere anytime and would see all the tricks and the secrets and, you know, the comp- competitive differences that, that a lot of the teams did? I mean, was there ever a concern about that? Yeah, there was. Uh, more so in uh, NASCAR than any place. Uh, mm-hmm. In IndyCar, I mean, there wasn't a whole – in those days, there wasn't a whole lot there. So everybody knew what everybody else was doing, and, and, uh, and I'm sure the guys were doing certain things, but – NASCAR was a whole other story, and and uh, they didn't want us to see certain things or look here or there. And what we quickly learned is to have, just to tell the uh, crew chief that, hey, if there's something you don't want us to see, don't try to hide it from us. Tell us what not to look at, what not to shoot, and we won't. Mm-hmm. But if you don't tell us, thinking that we won't pick it up, more likely we'll find it. So just be <laughs> honest with us. Let us know what you don't want us to shoot. We won't shoot it, and we'll be fine. And we did that, and uh, and it worked out fine. But there was a, there was a fair amount of that, yeah. Well, I figured because you you being a – and we'll get into that in a minute, too uh, – have an extensive uh, engine building and race building background that, uh, let's say, for example, we, everybody knows how secretive uh, um, Elliot's – 
facilities are you know i mean you can't even go over there i was up there a couple months ago and uh, i tried to get in there and you know they don't even want people coming around you know unless you're you know you're one of them you know mm-hmm. and uh so now hendrix motorsports for example uh, a friend of mine works there and his name is ralph brawley and he's the uh, basically the he designs the prototype cars where he does the aerodynamics and puts the cars together and he's in that big twenty thousand square foot building in the back there behind uh was it hyde's way or whatever it is back in there mm-hmm. and uh so ralph's a pretty cool guy and he'll talk a little bit he'll let you in the show you know but again he also references that there's there's just some things you're just not allowed to see period nobody has his trade secrets and uh so i figured that, that was probably the way it was and uh at any rate, okay, so uh, so you did, uh, you said you mentioned you, you did boats too, right? You got behind some boat we racing did teams? A, we did a show on unlimited hydroplanes mm-hmm. up in uh, Seattle one time with uh, Fran Muncie and Chip Hanauer. And, uh, and then we also did a show with unlimited, with the uh, Reno Air Races. Oh, really? Which was really a fascinating show. Yeah, we did that uh, in, uh, out of Reno, Nevada. And we did it with a team, uh, uh, Tsunami is who it was. The guy out of Minneapolis owned the team, uh, Jack uh, Sandberg. And uh, they built a, uh, the race plane looked a lot like a P-51 Mustang. It, uh, it looked like it could have been a first cousin of one, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. It was a specially built plane. And uh, it, was, it, was a, it was an awesome little airplane, and it was fast. What kind of engine did it have in it? It had a, uh, they run, a, I think they run a Rolls-Royce Merlin in that. Okay. That's like and, the P-51s. That's what they ran, too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was all engine with some wings on it was what it really came down <laughs> to. But uh, they had run a, uh, if I remember right, I think they are running, they, I think they were running nitrous on that. A okay. little bit, a certain amount of nitrous. In fact, I think they were, but they had a big bottle, like a big uh, acetylene bottle in there. Only it wasn't acetylene; it was a big nitrous bottle that they put in the tank in the uh, airplane. They also had a the uh, it was water cooled, and of course they had the uh, radiator underneath the airplane with a big air scoop, like the P fifty ones did. Mm-hmm. The difference is they had a relatively small air scoop, so you couldn't get as much air in there. But in order to uh, make up the difference. They ran a uh, uh, what they call a spray bar in front of it with a mixture of water and alcohol that they would spray across the radiator, which would give it extra cooling for the lack of the air flowing in it. But they wanted to have it smaller so it wasn't as much drag. So it was an unbelievable airplane, and they were doing very, very well. And I, and I forgot what happened in the final race. They called it the gold race, I think it was. Why? Uh, I, I can't remember what happened to it now, it, uh, but something... The engine just wasn't making power, and for whatever reason, so they didn't win the race. But they were, they were doing very well up to that time. How much time did you um, spend with these teams uh, behind the scenes? So this way, you got a chance to to to, to meet the crew chief, to see the engine builders, to see the the, the guys that uh, you know change the tires, the guys that do the suspension, the guys that do the the hanging the metal on the vehicles, aka uh, or also uh, the planes and the boats and the, you know things like that. So how much time did you actually spend with these people behind the scenes? Before? When we did a show with them, we would usually go out uh, and probably arrive on a Thursday. And we'd be there on a Thursday and a, and then Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday for the race. Okay. So it was usually a three to four day time frame that we would spend with that team. And how long? How, how your show was then? What once a week then back then? Yeah, it was on once a week. Okay, so then how often? How long did it take it to get from, uh, you know, from production to the final 
show on the air so that you could do it? Was there a, how much time was Well, there was, uh, you know, we would lay out these shows all ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would take, uh, you know, it may be a month or two from the time we shot the show to the time it would actually air. Okay. On that one. And now... By comparison, your TV show that you had, um, you know, Crank and Chrome and the Two Guys Garage and Shade Tree Mechanic, um, how, how, what was the format for those? I mean, or the, the procedure for those? Those shows are, uh, you know, they would, uh, we would shoot those usually a show a day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then they would be edited and put together, and probably within a month or two months they would uh, they would hit the air. Okay. So, in other words, when you're doing a show, let's say like uh, Crank and Chrome, or now your new show is called Motorhead Garage, correct? Yeah. And that's on Fox Sports Net, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think I checked into it. I think here locally it's Channel 38. I'm not sure, but don't hold me to it, but I believe it's Channel 38. And uh, it's, it airs Sundays mor- Sunday mornings, correct? Sunday mornings, 11.30, and then it repeats again on uh, Monday afternoon at 4.30. Okay, good. Now, so, it'll start airing again in January, so we're off, we're off right now. There's other shows in that time slot, that, uh, but we'll be back on in January. So, like, when you're, when you're, when you're, uh, um, when you got a show, and let's say, the, both, in this case, the new show is going to be, let's say, about mechanics about doing something, Correct. Well, this, the new show is uh, kind of going back to our uh, roots that uh, Sam Amolo, my co-host and me, uh, uh, were doing back in the Shade Tree days. And what we found realized that uh, the shows have evolved from not really showing you how to do anything. There's just, you know, more pure entertainment. You can watch a car being built, but you don't understand why or how they do things mm-hmm. and pick up any tips from it. So what we've decided to do is almost every performance part or aftermarket part in the industry that somebody buys, to, if you're building a street rod or modifying your, um, you know, a muscle car or whatever you're doing, the part that you buy, you're the guy that usually installs it. And therein lies the problem. You know, how do you do it right and keep from making a mistake or uh, costing yourself money? So that's what we're doing. We're taking a uh, one aspect of, uh, of a, uh, a mechanical situation whether it's installing a cam, why instead of showing you how to build a whole motor, we'll spend the time on here's how you install a cam, do it right, and time it. And instead of, uh, you know, uh, we may just install a clutch. And if you're installing a clutch, here's how you do it and do it right without screwing it up. So that's what we're doing. We're spending what we call is uh, magnifying the head of a pin. In other words, we'll take one aspect and spend a lot more time on it in detail and show somebody how you do it and do it right. How do you determine um, what you're going to do on the show? I mean, whether you're going to install a clutch, a transmission, or whether you're going to change out a linkage, or whether you're going to change out a rear end or do a brake job or, you know, change out a camshaft. How do you determine? Well, uh, it's, a, it's a kind of a combination of things. A lot of it is determined by uh, by the uh, uh, sponsors that are involved. Okay. Uh, you know, we have um, a multitude of uh, manufacturers who make, new products, and what they'll do is they have products they want to have on the show. They pay to be on. I mean, it's not, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, an altruistic situation here. Uh, we are capitalists, and we like to make money, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's what keeps the, the, yeah. the, so, I mean, the it's, doors open. So it's, uh, you know, they pay to be on the show, but the reason they do that is because it's a way for them to uh, – provide information it's not a hard sell where this is the greatest latest uh, wonderful thing and 
you should buy it. Uh, no, we don't approach it like that. It's this is what's new, and when you go to install it, here's how you do it. Here's a couple of tips on how to keep from making a mistake. Here's a couple of things you need to know about this this uh, product, whatever it is, and uh, that's how we approach it. Okay. Uh, we're going to take just a break for a second here, and we're going to play a quick song. And then, uh, Rob, uh, if you get a chance, if you're still listening to the show, please call back and give us your phone number, okay? Uh, Rob, you're the guy that just won the uh, two tickets to uh, Fantasy of Flight, Roar and Soar Weekend. So uh, call back in. Look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. And uh, sit tight. We'll be right back, Dave. Don't go anywhere, okay? We'll be right back. guys that just tuned in you're listening to nostalgic radio and cars and we have a very special guest tonight we have dave bowman of motorhead garage and formerly of uh shader mechanic crank and chrome and two guys garage dave you're still there i sure am robert okay now let's go a little bit about into your uh your go back a few years on you back in the mid 60s and uh when you started getting into motorsports tell us a little bit about that well uh racing is something i always wanted to do and uh 
back in the 60s uh, when I was in college, and that'll give you an idea how old I am. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I uh, I wanted to go racing, and, of course, that's something my parents were not really keen on doing. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I wanted to go, and I did. And it was sort of like, at that time, like running off to the, you know, joining a carnival or something. It wasn't looked upon uh, very favorably uh, by anybody, because it was a kind of a rough crowd. But uh, obviously, motorsports is a whole different uh, deal now. It's a it's a very uh, good industry, and it's got a lot of potential and future to it. But not then. But anyway, I got started uh, working at the Speedway as a part time uh, printing pictures just to get into just to get into the game. Okay, and this while is... I was still going to college, and uh, eventually I quit school and went uh, had the opportunity to go racing full time, and uh, and I did. So, and, and now this is this is uh, for all our listeners. This is up in Indianapolis. So you basically right. grew up on a farm, and then went to the big city, right? Yep, that's right. Okay, and, and then uh, so then you were you were doing photos, photography, and so I, on at the my racetrack. My first job uh, in racing was at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, printing pictures and working for a fellow by the name of Bud Jones, who was the uh, chief photographer for the Speedway, and and that's uh, that's how I got started, and then he. He ran across a lead saying, uh, told me that there was a job opening at Lewis Meyer Incorporated. And Louis Meyer was, uh, had the, uh, the Ford engine franchise to build the Ford four cam engines back in the 60s. And Louis had always had an op- uh, a relationship with Ford. And so when that opportunity came along, why he took it, Louis was the first three time winner of the Indianapolis 500. And he also then bought uh, out Fred Offenhauser, him and a fellow by the name of Dale Drake, bought Fred Offenhauser out. And from about 1946, I believe, on up through the 50s and through the 60s, or mid-60s anyway, they built the uh, Meyer Drake Offie, and it was the the, pro- the uh, main racing engine in this country for many, many, many years. And uh, so I ended up going to work for Louie, uh, starting out in the parts room, and ended up in the engine shop where Louie and his son, uh, Sonny, showed me how to build a, an engine. So they taught me uh, everything I know. They just never taught me everything they know. <laughs> oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. Now, the Offenhausen engines now, um, we were talking about that earlier, they were originally four cylinders, and then uh, somewhere along the line, what was the other gentleman's name? And they made an eight-cylinder version of it. Well, correct? they started out, uh, the, the origin of the Offie really dates all the way back to a Peugeot. Mm-hmm. And uh, a fellow by the name of Leo Goosen, and, who was an engineer, and uh, Fred Miller, or Harry Miller, rather, uh, developed the Miller engine, which was based off of the old Peugeot. Mm-hmm. And... When they uh, Goosen made the uh, designed the engine, and back in the twenties, uh, the Miller was uh, you know the racing engine of the time. It was a straight eight, mm-hmm. and then uh, then over time it evolved, and uh, Harry Miller ended up going out of business, and Fred Offenhauser ended up buying the business, and they cut the engine from an eight down to a four cylinder, and so. Fred then uh, built the four-cylinder Offenhauser. And again, Leo Goosen just kind of followed the engine with the owners uh-huh. and designed uh, the Offie. And they made a 270, and they made a 
55 later on. They made a midget engine, which is about 110 cubic inches. They made uh, marine engines. They made a lot of different style engines, and Goosen designed, you know, special engines for different uh, people. Art Sparks had a, uh, basically a six-cylinder off is what it really was. And uh, then there's some influence even with the old Novi engine that they, uh, I think, Goosen designed that one eventually. So, mm-hmm. so uh, then uh, after the war, uh, Offenhauser went out of business, and after the war, uh, Louis Meyer and Dale Drake bought uh, bought him out and uh, went ahead with the Meyer Drake Offie, as it was known. Until uh, Louis ended up with a Ford franchise, and he sold out to Dale Drake, and then that's when I met uh, Louie and started working for him back then. You know, it's funny, you're talking about the Miller engines, uh, and I don't know if this is an old play on hot rods, but you've heard, you're familiar with the term, hey, the guy's got a really cool mill under the hood. So I wonder if that has anything to do with the fact that Miller engines, mill being short for an engine, you know, a mill, you know, uh, is there any correlation there, or am I just uh, reaching for the sky here? I, I don't know if there's any correlation to that or not. Uh, you know, that was like a 50s hot rod term, you know, 40s. Yeah. Hey, he's got this really radical mill under the hood, man, you know. And uh, so I'm just thinking, you know, mill, Miller motor. That just occurred to me, just something popped in my head. I, I don't know if there's any correlation to that or not, Robert. Okay. <laughs> it's a good thought, though. It's a good thought, yeah. Okay, so then, then you got involved with my favorite brand, which is Ford. You got involved with the quad cam motors, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. All right, tell us a little bit about that. That was neat because the uh, the four camera was uh, you know obviously at the, back in the '60s it was a uh, very exotic engine compared to the Offy, which was relatively simple, and you know that design hadn't changed probably for 50 years mm-hmm. or, or 40 years anyway. But the uh, Ford was a rather exotic engine, four cams, 32 valves, uh, you know. It was, uh, fairly, and there was a lot of parts to it. Fairly sophisticated for the time. So you're talking 32 valves and four cams. That's twin cams on each bank, right? Right. And you had uh, two intakes and two exhaust valves, or uh, cams on them. Now, were so, those engines developed here in the United States, or did they come from Europe? Because, you know, European nope. technology was like that at the time. Nope. They had, uh, those were all developed uh, here in the United States, developed up in Detroit by Ford. Uh-huh. And uh, they farmed out some of the parts. Uh, Ford made some of the parts. Uh, then a lot of the parts then were farmed farmed out to different vendors to make different, uh, you know, parts. Uh, one vendor made the crank, and uh, another vendor made the rods, and somebody else made the pistons. And I think Ford cast a block and the heads and uh, you know those specialty pieces, but. The other basic uh, motor pieces, like uh, you know, all the rods and pistons and valves and springs, and all that was farmed out to different uh, uh, vendors who specialize in racing parts. Mm-hmm. And then you got into Can-Am racing. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I worked for Louis for a couple of years and uh, got laid off, and uh, ended up uh, working uh, for several other teams after that. I went to work for. Uh, uh, Jim Robbins racing in 1969, about mid 1969. It was in June, I suspect. And uh, they were uh, it had been mainstays at Speedway for years and years and years. And uh, but uh, they were they uh, weren't really running on a regular basis. They'd run each year in May, and then that was about all they would do. But they decided to go Can Am racing, and uh, so I got hooked up with them and uh, built. Actually, now I think about it, I built the first motor for him because 
tell you about this Lola, T-163 and a half Lola Can-Am car. And Ronnie Buckman was going to drive it, and we run it at uh, Watkins Glen in the first race. And uh, Ronnie had been hurt in a car accident, not a racing accident, but <laughs> he crashed his car some way <laughs> and broke some ribs. And uh, he just he just couldn't make it in the in the Can Am car. He just was he was just too sore to do it. So uh, the second race was at Mid Ohio, and we put Peter Revs in it, and Peter drove for us the rest of the season. So. Oh yeah, he was very successful at it. So that was a Lola T one sixty three, right? And then uh, what was the engine? The engine was a big block, a small block. What we did for the engine, uh, this is uh, kind of an interesting twist on it. Um, Jim Robbins, uh, the company was Robbins uh, Safety Restraint System. They made Jim Robbins seat belts. That's what they did, and they had maybe three customers: Ford, General Motors, and Chrysler. So, <laughs> now that works. Yeah, it worked well. But they, uh, they had a relationship with Troy Rutman. In fact, Troy drove for them, uh, for Jim Robbins, uh, years before. And his son, uh, Troy Jr., I think it was Troy Jr., uh, decided to drive. And they were going to take sponsor him and kind of, you know, took care of him. And they, uh, he was running a super modified with a big uh, aluminum 430 or I think a 427 engine in it. Uh-huh. And uh, he crashed bad at Nazareth and killed himself, unfortunately. Oh, that's, yeah. And so they took the engine back and it was up in, De- up in Detroit or Troy, Michigan. And uh, so I went up from Indy and went up and picked up the motor, and that was the first engine we used in the Can-M car. Rebuilt it, and we put it in the Can-M car and ran at Watkins Glen. And after that, the Chevrolet, uh, we got engines from Traco. Okay, well known. And name. these were 430 uh, all aluminum Chevrolet engines. Yeah, they were real prevalent in the McLarens and stuff like that. Hey, I just got our uh, two minute warning here. Um, Dave, you know what? It's, well, that's one thing I don't like about this show. It goes too quick, the hour goes too quick. But uh, would you come back on again sometime? Yeah, I'd be happy to, Robert. Okay, uh, I hate to run it a little short here, but um, Lee, how much time we got? How much time we got? We got a minute or two, or what do we got? Two minutes. Okay, we got to talk for another minute, Dave. <laughs> so, okay, okay, so then you did the Traco motors. And then uh, you just basically after that you you got you you kind of got out of uh, racing after that right? Well, after that season, I uh, I quit racing, went back to school, got my degree, and uh, I, and then went uh, into the corporate world for a while. And I guess that's a part of a whole other story. So, okay. well, we'll save that for the next time, Dave. I want to thank you for coming on the radio show. Uh, this is our guest. I want to thank our guest this evening. We have Dave Bowman. Be sure to tune in on his show. It is Motorhead Garage, right? That's on uh, That's Sunday. On, right. I'll let you go ahead and say it real quick. Yeah, Motorhead Garage is on Fox Sports Net uh, on Sunday mornings at 11.30 a.m. and on Mondays at 4.30 p.m. And it'll start uh, in uh, in January. So, uh, so look for it. We'll be looking forward to seeing you. Okay, Dave. Thanks for coming on the show. And everybody else, thanks for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Be sure to tune in next week, 7 p.m. Wednesday nights on the Tan Talk Radio Network. Okay? Until then, we'll see you at the car shows. Be sure to check out all these things coming up, the upcoming events. Thank you.